The machine is ever turning, ever hungry. How do you avoid being eaten? How do you avoid drifting into becoming another cog? Can you escape the machine? Should you try or is it impossible? Pondering these questions and more, I mention the machine. Welcome back to the Mention the Machine podcast with my, me, myself, and uh, Joel here. This is episode 12. We're going to be talking about As a Man Thinketh, which is not just me it's doing a, a Thor-type voice there. It's a, a book by James Allen. Short book, so short outline. Actually, that's more like King James uh, speak. Yeah, well, I think of Thor when I think of that, because mm-hmm. they, they do that. Adding the THs to stuff for no reason. Old English. Old English. Better than new English. <laughs> what does it mean by puts a little English on it is what I want to know. I don't know, but I always like that expression. Yeah. Like, put some English on it. Yeah, fucking. Put a little extra spin on the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as a man thinketh, the, uh, the main idea here is that... Uh, Who wrote it? James Allen. I just said that. Okay. Didn't remember. Yeah. I'll cut that out later. <laughs> no mistakes for Joel. Joel's perfect. <laughs> Uh, so a person is limited only by the thoughts that he chooses. So that's, I mean, this goes into, this ties into a lot of stoic stuff. I, as I did a reread through this book, um, I actually copied down all my notes from the, the Kindle version. And then I, I actually listened to the audible yesterday, but it's only like an hour long or something. 55 minutes. And I've listened to it four times and wow. it, it, it feels really dense. <laughs> it does, but it's also very simple because it's basically yeah, it's simple. stoic stuff. It's simple, but they like... If you miss, like, a sentence or two, it's like, wait a second, I gotta go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, the notes I copied out of there are kind of, uh, there, there's good stuff in there, but it's also, without the context, you might be a little bit, uh, a little questioning of what the hell you're talking about. So, your thoughts are, are outgrowths, your actions are outgrowths of your thoughts, which is, the, you know, some, some of the stuff we've been talking about with habits and stoicism and things like that, where what you think is, you're in control of what you think, and you can control your thoughts, so then you can control the way you think, which becomes your perspective on life, basically. Like, you can say, I'm having a bad day, or you can say, you know, no, some bad stuff happened to me, but I can do better than that. Yes. <laughs> it, 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 it's It's one of those things of, like, and I'm going to reference the Matrix, like, free your mind. Uh-huh. Like, it's funny, because, like, it sounds stupid, but your own hindrance is yourself. hmm Like, oh, that's impossible. Well, why is it impossible? Why do you think it's impossible? Yeah, I mean, who told you it was impossible? And it's, uh, I think about it from a perspective that I had the other day, where I was having a bad day, and I went for a drive, and I was listening to, like, bad music and stuff, and I was like, why am I listening to this music and keeping going with this bad mood when I should be enjoying myself and, and what I'm doing right now? Bless you. And, uh... So it's like that, you know, you make that decision and then suddenly you, you've changed the you changed the course of action. You've changed the, the course of what's going on in your day. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I always think about is like the story the story of Babel from the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's like these guys said, hey, we're going to build a tower to God. And God's <laughs> like, nope. And that was like thousands of years ago. They didn't have space travel. They didn't have the technology we have now. Yeah. The, the thing I like about that story is that, like, they, they apparently got pretty close to doing it before God smacked them down. Like, exactly. Like, what was he doing? He was just off looking at something else, and he looked, turned his corner, and like, let me see what the humans are up to. Oh, shit! <laughs> exactly. And it's like, if that, if that could be done thousands of years ago, what could we do today? I don't know. Like, they talk about how, like, we have enough resources that we could build a Wikipedia-type project every weekend, but instead we're watching cat videos on YouTube. What's wrong with cat videos on YouTube? Nothing, but I'm saying we've got the ability to bank amazing things every weekend. 
But we choose not to. Well, well, there's times to be productive and there's time to watch cat videos. Yeah. You, gotta you, watch, you watch them during work and on the weekends you do something awesome. <laughs> Edit that one out for your boss listens to this. I doubt you'll ever watch so, it. You, so your thoughts become your Love actions. You, <laughs> your thoughts become your actions. Your actions become your habits. So what does that sound like? Your thinking becomes your habits. Yeah, because basically everything that starts is a thought. And if, and first you think it, then you start think, then you start like thinking about other stuff about it, and then you basically will into existence. Mm-hmm. And as we've talked about before, uh, you are not your thoughts. No. You're the observer of your thoughts. You are, can control your thoughts and your emotions. You can't control them, but you can control your reactions to them. Because, like, I've been doing a lot of 3D printing this year, and it's kind of funny when I'm sitting on my computer, I'm like, I thought of something I wanted, I sat down in the CAD program, I drew it, and then I put it on the comu- on the printer, and I printed it, and it just came, came to existence. Crazy. Crazy, crazy world we live in. This, this boring dystopia where Joel can print little things that, that he wants. Excuse me. <laughs> the bento boxes. Mm-hmm. Talking back. Good thoughts bear good fruit. Bad thoughts bear bad fruit. Yeah, and if, if you if you think of the bad thoughts all the time, you're going to always have a bad time. You're not ever going to never going to evolve past that. You're going to stay in that that frame of mind. I mean, I'm reading uh, the other book that we were going to do this month was a uh, uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And you talk you talk about some bad stuff. Like that guy was in concentration camps, and he talks about how they, they had to have some humor there. They mm-hmm. had to think they they had to be a little bit better than just dwelling in their their misery all i'm gonna say is i first had the book i'm like am i reading the right book because this is supposed to help me and it's not helping me right now to be fair joel was reading the wrong book yes <laughs> but you gave me two and i read I, what i did both of them <laughs> both are short books the man search for meaning is a little longer than yeah. as a man thinketh thinketh it was written by a snake uh, james allen's a snake yeah but they, he went over in the book they went over a bunch of lists of things of you think of this then this happened you think of this then that happens it's like it's kind of funny how like small things you think about turn into something bigger yeah um i don't know if we touched too much on like a growth mindset versus the uh what's the other one a stationary mindset or something um uh, fixed mindset versus fixed, growth fixed mindset versus growth mindset that's that's next year's book yeah <laughs> But you know, if you have a uh, if you have a fixed mindset, then nothing can change. If you have a growth mindset, that's kind of the entrepreneurial thing where you're always looking for problems to solve to, to yeah, to make the world better, basically. As a sneak peek to that book, the whole thing started 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 with a study of elementary school students, where they pulled them out of classes and give them these puzzles to do. And as they did the puzzles, each puzzle got harder and harder. The kids with a fixed mindset got upset because in their mind. They already know everything. They don't. They can't figure it out. They aren't meant to figure it out. While a growth mindset child is like, ooh, a challenge. And she even said one of the kids with the growth mindset would basically he clapped his hands together, rubbed them, licked his, put his tongue out, like, okay, we're figuring this, we're figuring this stuff out. <laughs> that kid's probably a CEO right now. Yeah, <clears throat> he uh, he spit on his hands and grabbed the wheel. <laughs> He's like, it's go time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there was another study about kids, and it, it's weird how they do these studies with kids and they track them throughout life. It was um, about a different book about grit, and it was talking about uh, delayed gratification where they'd give the kids the cookies. Stale donut. Stale donut? Stale donut experiment. Is that what it was? Yeah, so basically they put the kids in the room and said, hey, here's a plate of stale donuts. We had fresh ones coming in two minutes. So if you wait for two minutes, you can get a fresh donut. Oh, this one, the one I had was different. You, you'd have one cookie now, or if you waited 20 minutes, uh-huh. you would have two cookies. 
Same process. And then to follow it up, and later, years later, the kids that took the weighted and took the two cookies were way more successful than the kids that ate yeah. the one cookie. Mm-hmm. I think it was called the five-year engagement, but that was the experiment that the woman was doing for her grad school. And then she found out her, her husband, her future, her soon-to-be husband was a stale don- donut eater. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Nobody wants a stale donut eater. Well, guess what? Here I am. <laughs> Joel's got a fixed mindset. In, well, I have a fixed mindset in some things, but not all things, I found out. Well, I think that's probably everyone. A lot of people are you know, yeah. stuck in a spot and until nature slaps them down and then they realize, oh, i got to change. Mm-hmm. Evolve or die. But back to the book. You shape the world just as much as it shapes you. There it is. Extreme ownership. Jocko, well, like, well, one day we'll do that book. I'll make Joel read that. I don't think he read that one. Oh, I'll read it. But, uh, yeah, everything is your fault, basically. <laughs> yeah. So it's taking ownership of all the all the problems and all the solutions in your world. I believe the quote is, okay, good. <laughs> no, that, that's later. Good. <laughs> that's, the, that's the next uh, piece of the outline. Yeah, so you basically say, okay, instead of passing blame to everything and everyone around you, you say, all right, this is my, this is my problem to solve. This is my, my, uh, my solution to bring into the world. My, my, I own it. You, uh, and, and that goes all the way around everything. If you start doing that, you start noticing that your life will get a little bit better. I mean, it'll seem a little more stressful because you're saying, like, oh, everything is my fault. But you really start fixing the problems where they begin. Yeah. Instead of saying, oh, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm fat because whatever, because the, the food I eat is this way or blah, blah, blah. Like, you, you got to so, fix the food. Funny story. <clears throat> My friend Jonesy, he got gastric bypass and he basically lost 200 some 200 some pounds between training all this shit. That's a whole other Joel. Exactly. Well, he was talking to the doctors like, well, why do you think you're, you're fat? He goes, I like to eat. And he started talking <laughs> yeah. about all these foods he likes to eat. And the guy's like, okay, stop. I'm getting hungry now. <laughs> there's the, uh, the the meme with that that weight loss doctor that does the gastric bypasses. And there's like the fat lady sitting on a thing. And she's he asks, he's asking her why she's fat or whatever she says. uh why she's not losing the weight and she said i don't know i guess i'm just a picky eater he's like you're 600 pounds you're not a picky eater (laughs) (laughs) but yeah the first step is ownership yep own own your thoughts own your thoughts and you can figure out uh the rest of it i mean it's not 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 very complicated it's if you if you want to be in a bad mood you'll be in a bad mood all the time if you want to be a little happier then I mean, obviously, there's probably extenuating circumstances where <clears throat> you can be in like an abusive marriage or something, and you're not gonna you're not gonna be happy about that. But you can you can find your way out of that. There's, yeah, there's or, or shitty in-laws. Shitty in-laws, yeah. It's funny was when we were kids, we always you always saw like the TV shows where they talk about the in-laws being mm-hmm. bad, and then you're like, ah, it can't be that bad. And then you grow up, and you're like, well, mm-hmm. I get why they they were poking fun at in-laws. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Good. Good. Jocko Willick also says, he says, good. He says, for everything that happens in your life, you just got to say good. You uh, you don't get that job you wanted, good. You get more time to uh, polish up your skills. Hurt yourself with training, good. You needed a rest anyway. <laughs> I feel like my dad has that philosophy. Yeah, I mean, it, it's that every cloud, every cloud is a silver lining no, no, or whatever. It's not every cloud has a for my father. It's not every cloud has a silver lining. It's like, at least you're not dead. Yeah. <laughs> Like well, I remember when I got my pay cut from last year with the school, with the uh, at my job, he's like, "Well, you still have a job." Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people say that too. It's like, "Well, it can always be worse," type of thing, and they're right. It always could mm-hmm. be worse. 
but you know it could be better and your job is to think that way and yeah. make it better one of my specialties <laughs> is when i say it can be worse how can it be worse and i give this nightmare scenario and people are like oh my god you're right <laughs> <laughs> you want nightmare fuel i'll give you nightmare fuel <laughs> Could be worse. The the slugs could be rising up right now. <clears throat> you ever wonder why <clears throat> you never see a slug coming? It's just there. Like where the hell did it come from? How did it get there so fast? They move slow. Slow and steady. No one paid attention. Well, it just it just snuck up on you. It's just like a what's his name, Drax the Destroyer from mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, <clears throat> staying so still, nobody sees him. Yep. <laughs> yep. Shifting your perspective can make all the difference. Just uh. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, don't 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 think of happy thoughts about nothing, but think about um, for every pro- every problem is an opportunity. Um, it's like the engine like could. I think I can. I think I can. Yeah. I think I can. Well, not even that. It's uh, <clears throat> it's something I think about also from another Jordan Peterson quote. He says, um, "Opportunity lurks where responsibility has been abdicated." Mm-hmm. So wherever you see people not being responsible for stuff, there's a, a chance for you to step in and and take the reins and. Be the the leader and, and take the uh, <clears throat> the initiative to get the solution done. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, um, that reminds me of another thing that was in here. One of the quotes from the book that I pulled out was many many pages of quotes for a short book. Oh, here it is: the strong, calm man is always loved and revered. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, you'll like this. Where's the one I had in here? Uh, yeah, here it is. This is like the last line in the. And I can't say the whole last line, but <clears throat> uh, calmness is power. Yeah, everyone keeps telling me that. I don't see it, but right, what are you talking about? You're the one who's wielding stoicism <laughs> as a weapon. <laughs> what I'm saying is. I don't feel like it's calm. Like, I just did a presentation for work the other day. I I threw together this presentation about an hour, and I'm running it. And I feel like, if you imagine a train on the tracks, and it's coming up on, like, two wheels. That's your second train reference in, like, five minutes. I like trains. Mm -hmm. But, like, I feel like the train is about to come off the tracks, and we're about to die. And I talked to my coworkers. It was smooth. It was perfect. It was nice and understandable. Like, it's like, I felt like you just talked to me on a normal day. I'm like, it's not how it felt. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's because only you know what's going on in your head. No one else can see that. Yeah, I, I had to keep reminding myself when I do presentations and speeches. Because it amazes me how calm I look and seem. And it's like, if only you saw what's behind the curtain. <laughs> it's all on fire. Everything's on fire. But you got to be like that little, that little, other little meme, that dog, cartoon dog, when everything's on fire, it says, this is fine. Mm-hmm. This is fine. Well, this, it reminds me of that episode of Tailspin where... Kate Colliclicker joins like this aircraft, this like air circus, mm-hmm. and the one guy goes, "Don't worry, folks, it's all part of the show, and it's not part of the show." <laughs> That's how I feel like half my presentations go. Like, oh, it's all part of the show, everybody, and we all like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die." That's how I feel like half these podcasts go. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I feel like I'm way underprepared for this one, and it's like I read the book twice. It's like. Eh. I was actually talking to a guy the other day about podcasts, and I was like, "You never, you never happy with your first few episodes, but." Episode zero of the Minch Machine, I'm very happy with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Break my own rule. <laughs> Another little tidbit from the book. Circumstances does not make the man. It reveals him to himself. Mm-hmm. I think the thing they were saying was like how... I can't I'm probably going to butcher the quote, but basically a good mind man doesn't, doesn't, start, doesn't start committing crimes. 
the idea to commit crimes is already there. Hmm. Original sin. No, no, like, for example, a good man, if you're truly good, you're not going to have a bad day and start robbing banks. True. But you, you might rob banks because you need money to pay for your to pay for your son's surgery. But I don't think you get that much money from banks anymore. No, <clears throat> you got to do white collar crime to do that stuff. Yeah, you got to create a bank. Mm-hmm. Then you rob people. Thirty six dollar fucking overdraft fees. Yep. Sons of bitches. Well, I think we're in this in this episode. Yeah, but we can do a little uh, bonus thought that I've been thinking about lately. Unless you got to run. No, I can do it. I've been having this thought about all in. You know what that means? Yeah. It's when you're sitting there gambling, you got 50 bucks left, and you're like, fuck it, I'm all in. You push all that money in, and whatever happens, happens. Similar, but for me, it's been thinking about like my hobbies and my activities and things like that, and if I'm really all in on them or not, and why I might not be making progress in them is because I'm not all in, and why am I sitting on the sidelines a little bit? Mm. Well, I'll counter that <laughs> with, <clears throat> I went out to Latrobe this week and hang out with a buddy of mine. And he's trying to get his pilot's license. Mm-hmm. So he went all out. He bought a new computer. He bought this, the, the flight simulator sticks and the yokes and all that stuff. He go, give it a try. I'm like, I'm not cut out for this. <laughs> so I tried. And I tried the training, the first training method. And I, I could not keep the thing like level and everything. I kept going all over the place. So we went to lunch. He goes, I'm going to try something. So we're, dri- we're driving back. He goes, why do you think you screw up? And I'm like, I don't know. He goes, I can tell you exactly why you screw up. You're overthinking everything. Mm-hmm. He says, the second you start overthinking, you start overcorrecting, you start fucking up. Mm-hmm. And it occurred to me, when I do speeches, when I start trying to correct my speech, I screw it up. When I go bowling, the first two or three games, I'm on fire. And then by game three or four, I'm trying to tweak the game to make it better, and I make it worse. I do the same thing with bowling. That's weird. But like it, it all stands to everything I do. That If it's something that, like when I start learning how to fly uh, FPV without a flight assist... Like, just manual control. The one day I just went, I'm going to do this. And I, I did it. Yeah. The times I'm like, I'm going to try and do this. And I'm like, oh, well, I got to correct. I got to correct. Like, I kept screwing up. But half the time, 90% of the time, when I just go all in, things turn out okay. Yeah. Got to go all in. Like, the second time I flew the flight simulator, he goes, don't go to your instruments. Look at the scenery. He's like, if you want to <laughs> stay level... It has to look level. <laughs> yeah. and, and I started flying so much better. Yeah, now them instruments are for other people. <laughs> no, the instruments are very important. <laughs> they're just they're just colorful gauges. At I'll, this I'll never forget there was a, uh, there was some draw. I don't know, I was I was like 10 or 11. There was some movie about airplanes. I guess basically the thing was this Air, this um, uh, Air Force guy went down in a plane crash. But he was also an instructor. And the first thing he teaches you, you always trust your gauges. Because you don't know when you're inverted unless you're looking at your gauges. Hmm. So that was the whole. That was the one thing that was always around was check your gauges, make sure you're you're not being uh, deceived. Yeah, that's weird. I, I'd like to think that I'd know I was upside down, but then again, that's what they tell you also when you're doing diving and stuff in the mm-hmm. water is that you don't you you'll be upside down and not know. So you mm-hmm. pay attention to where your bubbles go. Exactly. Which is probably a different. That's that's nature's gauge. Yeah. So Joel's got a we got an airplane reference. We got two train references. It's funny that I I mentioned being all in, and then you said he went all out to buy these parts. Mm-hmm. Like you got to be all out to go all in. <laughs> exactly. There's a porn reference there. Yeah, you can't be afraid to put some time and effort into what you love. Even if you don't love it, you just got to say, okay, well, if you want results in this area, you've got to kind of 
commit. You, well, not kind of commit. You gotta you gotta fully commit. Mm-hmm. Even even my language you, is being wishy washy. You gotta go all in. Yeah, you gotta go all in. Got to get get it together. Like I was thinking about that with things like my jujitsu and weightlifting and stuff. It's like, why am I lifting weights? What if I lifted weights in a way that would benefit my jujitsu game? Mm-hmm. And start tying things together to be all in on them. We bored Joel. He's playing on his phone. I know. I'm like my cork now. I'm running a few minutes late. Oh well, because we're gonna keep going with this. <laughs> but yeah, it it just it's one of those things of like. When you half-ass, you can tell you half-ass. Mm-hmm. When you put a lot of work in, you can tell you you put a lot of work in. Yeah, and you feel better when you put the work in. But it's uh, it's it's again goes into the stale donut thing. When you put the piss poor work in, you're eating the stale donut. Mm-hmm. Because, like for example, nobody knows all the work you put into a project. All they see is that tipping point where you become an expert. Mm-hmm. They don't see all the hours you spent trying to do something. They just see, oh, he's successful. He must be a natural. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you just put in ten thousand hours to become an expert in something. Yep. Yeah, and it's it's always an oh, you must be so talented. Like I think about that with, uh, like I used to draw when I was a kid, and I used to be really good at it. But I was good at it because I spent a lot of time drawing. But mm-hmm. People didn't see me spend all the time drawing; they just saw sketchbooks, and they'd say, "Oh, you're really good." And it's like, well, you you must be really talented. You're really talented. It's like I'm not really talented. Like there's I, no I, such thing as talent. There is. There are people that are. What I mean is. That raw talent, just knowing how to do everything, that doesn't exist. You learn how to do that. You don't just wake up knowing how to play piano. No, but there are people. There are, there are people that have certain attributes that make them. For, they're further along naturally yeah. than you would be, but they're not. They're not perfect. It's they probably got perfect because they had a natural gift towards it, so they enjoyed it more. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the examples they talk about is like with the whole fixed mindset and growth mindset is that people, sports players are using a fixed mindset that, oh, I'm the best in my high school, so I'm the best player, period. Mm-hmm. But there's places where you can make yourself better. And there's one of the stories in the book was that this woman was a uh, gymnast and she was basically, quote, a natural. But then everyone started getting better and she stayed the same. Mm-hmm. And then she was no longer the best. Yeah. There's a uh, Jordan Jordan Peterson tells us this in one of his lectures where he talks about said if you're a, a if you're a really good chess player and all you do is play chess players that are beneath you you're never going to progress and you're not a master chess player you're you're a dimwit yeah he's like you want to play at the level where you're, you can just barely stand four percent losing you like, need you need to be four percent above your your skill set to get better yeah where you're, you're taking as much punishment as you can mm-hmm. your ego is just getting crushed every time because that's how you're going to get better mm-hmm. which is which is really jujitsu for me because it's like I go and I get I get tapped out all the time but I would listen to that Jocko podcast and he's talking about how the one guy's talking about, I've been doing this for 25 years, and he watches one, this one fight for, like, he watches the same clip. I'm like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how that just happened there. Yeah, that, and that's, that's, I mean, that's a lot of things, and jiu-jitsu is one of them. That's why they talk about it. Martial arts are great for that. They teach you that the way isn't doing the repetitions and things like that. And martial arts is also a great example of something that you can't, you'll never get better at it unless you go all in because you're just going to end up getting hurt. Mm-hmm. But I keep thinking about that. I keep rattling around in my head all in. I'm, I wonder about things that are in my life. I'm like, am I all in on this or not? And then I, that gives you a good way to think about, should you even be doing this thing if mm-hmm. you're not going to be all in? No, you shouldn't. <laughs> Say no to more stuff so you can spend more time watching cat videos. That too. But I think uh, I think that's it. Joel's got to get out of here or yep. his coworkers kill him. Um, next time, we'll be back in for an end of the year episode. I think. Yep. 
couple weeks from now. And what are we talking about then? We're going to take some theories, some philosophies, some movies and talk um, about them. Yeah, well, that'll be a good one. Mm-hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, have a good one. Yep. That wraps up another episode of The Mention the Machine. If you would like to contact or subscribe to the podcast, please visit TheMentionTheMachine.com. If you would like to leave a voicemail, please call 412-294-8557.